You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hey, Kate, what are you listening to? My body. Oh, what's it saying? Are you injured or something? No, it's a song. Oh, well, what's that from? Welcome back to another episode of What's That From? Exploring musicals we don't know, but probably should. This week, we're exploring the musical The Life. The musical The Life. The musical The Life. so existential. Sounds like my life, the musical. (laughs) The Life, my life. So this was a, this was a goodie. It's a goodie. It's, um... You would think the life would have a, a lot of like vibrant life in it, but it's really dark and dirty. <laughs> oh, oh, um, is it, Josh? Well, I, I do think that you you may owe us a a thirty second rendition of this plot. So why don't we get a dark and dirty with the thirty second plot? <laughs> this is a tough one because this is one of those shows where there's like five plots happening at once. Yeah, I think this is like one of those where you need to like choose wisely what you're gonna discuss. Yeah. Okay, I have 30 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Go. Um, it, it's in New York City in the 80s, and it's about prostitutes and pimps. And there are, like, a few different pimps that have, like, all their different women that they use to make their money. And they're always trying to, like, grow and get new women. And there's this new girl who comes into town. And there's also this prostitute that's just tired of getting arrested. And she wants to break out and run away with her guy. But then he, like, is always using it on drugs. And then, like, they try to take in this new girl who comes into town. But she's actually not as innocent as she seems. And then... Oh, there's like a big pimp okay, that like gets seconds. involved. Oh my gosh, I do not know how to describe this plot in 30 <laughs> seconds. There is like too much happening. I feel like I feel like you're when you described like your first sentence of just like there's prostitutes and pimps in New York City in the 80s. I feel like that once you get more in depth than that, it just gets really confusing. Like that is the 30 second plot challenge. Yeah, that's <laughs> is... like the 2 second plot challenge like Yeah. In, in like, 20 words or less, describe the plot, like, done. Hmm. So, the life. It's complex. It is... They just got... They have a lot going on. A lot going on. I had to read the synopsis of the plot probably, like, ten times before I even, like, kind of understood what was going on. This synopsis, like, paralleled 13 to me in, like, the most ironic way. Like, it was like, he did this, and then she said this about him, and then he went and did this to her, and then she, and then a new girl came to town, and then this, I was like, is this, like, the R-rated version of 13? The R-rated version of 13! Maybe that's how they should plug this show. (laughs) The life. It's like what happens when 13 grows up. Except, actually, nothing like that at all, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but in confusingness of the plot and in the same way we're 13 i think if you saw it on stage you'd be like this makes perfect sense why does no one right. why, like what i now understand this but reading it there's just so many names and they all are intertwined that it just yeah. hurts the brain yep so let's get into it <laughs> yeah let's get into it i mean so the show um 
was written with a book by David Newman, Ira Gassman, and Cy Coleman, and the music by Cy Coleman and lyrics by Gassman. And it was actually just created kind of a, just as an idea. Like, um, Ira Gassman was just walking around Times Square, 42nd Street, and he was like, or they were like, yeah, there's a lot of um, prostitutes and pimps out here, and this is, just seems like an interesting, seedy lifestyle that I would just love to pluck out of Times Square and put onto a stage. And then they did. Right, like, I'm, I'm so fortunate that we live in the New York City that is, like, a lot. I mean, like, ironic to say cleaner, because people don't think of New York City as clean, but... I mean, like, everybody talks about New York City or at least, like, Times Square, that area, 42nd Street in the 80s, as being, like, very dangerous. And, like, yeah. dirty. And it wasn't until Disney came in with Beauty and the Beast when they cleaned it up. But, so... Yeah, no, that's even, like, it's described here as, like, Times Square's 42nd Street inhabited by pimps, prostitutes, druggies, and dealers, runways, and street people in the era prior to its Disneyfication. Yeah. Disneyfication. That is like used as a word, Disneyfication. That's crazy. So it's got Disney. Honestly, thankful for Disney. Yeah, that sounds like a little scary. I would not. Enjoy I mean, I, I'm sure all those things still exist on 42nd Street. You just don't like see them like as out in the open. Yeah, and because like in this musical, to get into it, I mean, it was pretty out in the open. These people are just—they are living the life, hanging on the street corner. Hanging on the street corner. And that's how they're making their money and making their ends meet. And I do, what I appreciate about this show is I think that it just depicts it. It's not like, this is a musical about prostitutes. It's like, these people are prostitutes and this is their life. Right. Do you know what I mean? I, I appreciate how it kind of like makes you look at, wow, this person's struggling so much. What's going on? And then you're like, oh, I forgot that like just their state of being is prostitution, which is and and then also like it's it, it it's very like um taking the power back for them, but also shows us a look into how manipulative like that world is. Like I feel like some people are judgmental and just think like, oh, these women are just like slutty and they just like love to get around, so they do this as their job. But like you see in the show, like a lot of these women like don't want to be doing it but like they get wrapped up into it and they can't get their way out of it so it's right. like they kind of right. get stuck in it so it's like it, it's like part of it is like very like taking it back for them like confident like don't judge me for what i do but also like you don't realize like how i got here and how i can't get out right and then i also think it's also just them being like well i can't get out so you know what i'm gonna choose to be empowered by it because i have no choice right right which i think yeah True. Fair point, Josh. Fair point. <laughs> so I think um, the life kind of like opens up just depicting Times Square and it like really amplifies like just all the sex in New York City that was going on at the time, all the different like topless bars and hookers and they just like really are like check it out is the opening number. It's very like whoa, look chaotic. at all the stuff that's going on in New York. <laughs> Very chaotic opening to a show. Yeah. And so then um, there's Jojo, who's like a... Siwa. Jojo Siwa. I'd love to see a production of the life where Jojo Siwa plays Jojo the pimp. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Honestly, I think we're ready for it. 
Um, but okay, so, keep going. But Jojo is just a a pimp, basically, and um, he he's very like you know you got like you use what you got like you have to like he, manipulate people, manipulate people, use what yeah. you got. These people, I think the common thread between all of these pimps are they're power hungry and also yeah. greedy. And so he's just kind of like, yep, well, that's what I am. So let's just, why don't we use that to our advantage? And um, and don't get in my way. Yeah. And don't get in my way. Very clear. Yeah. Um, and so then there's this, uh, would you say that Queen is like the main character? Kind of. I think so. I, I think, think so. So Queen is like one of the, the veteran hookers on the street. And, and she's she- always getting arrested. She's always getting arrested, and she is involved with this man named Fleetwood, who is also a pimp. And he is, uh... He's her lover, but, like, also her pimp. So, like, they have, like, a really weird relationship. Because she's in love with him, and he's apparently in love with her, but he sends her out to be with other men to make money for them. But then he just uses their money on drugs because he was a vietnam war vet so he has like ptsd so he does drugs to like forget all the things he went through and then he sends his girlfriend out to have sex with guys to make money to go back in that cycle and just keep buying more drugs it's so complex yeah so that's that's their relationship which is just (laughs) i mean kind of it's set up for failure from the start but i guess like it's the life it's the life (laughs) And so, and Queen is in jail, and she gets out of jail, and she's like, look, like, this is gonna be, um, so great, I'm out of jail, and blah, 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 and then he's like, oh my gosh, hate to break it to you, but I actually spent all of our money on drugs. Right. <laughs> she's like, great, 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 I'm so glad that while I, I was in jail, you spent all of our money, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, so Fleetwood is really into like power and money same with jojo so they're kind of like-minded and um they go to port authority (laughs) a classic Classic. new york hot spot (laughs) (laughs) and they find this girl mary who is like from the minnesota she's just like handpicked from the midwest bright thoroughly modern mary from minnesota yeah (laughs) and um they are kind of like this is perfect she looks super fresh and like a fresh face and people love that and this will be like our big selling point so then they uh like you know what we're gonna get her in here she's gonna be our like hero we're gonna make all kinds of money and then queen tries to be like girl this is, like, not gonna be the life for you. And Mary's like, don't tell me what to do. (laughs) And Queen's like, okay, but... She's like, go home. (laughs) Yeah, she's literally like, go home. Go home. That song is literally her saying, like, well, this, this, isn't this, go home. This, this, isn't this, go home. (laughs) Every other line is, go home. She's like, I cannot emphasize this enough. In case you didn't pick it up before, go home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so then Mary doesn't go home, but Queen ends up getting um kind of caught in a weird situation. And then like the like the ladies are out 
on their corner and these um like a, a gospel group comes by to like shame them and they're like you're never gonna go to heaven you're sinners and then they're like well it's my body and it's my business so oh so good and it's like the anthem of the show kind of it's such a good song yeah yeah so then once mary becomes like a big success and all this stuff um queen she, she then goes to jail again Right. And she has some time to think about, like, mm, Fleetwood isn't really doing too much for me. And uh, then she decides so she she's had enough. She yeah. decides she's had enough. She said it's been enough. I've had enough. And then she ends up kind of hooking onto this uh, other pimp named Memphis. And then, of course, that just gets so sticky. And that's kind of how Act 1 ends. There's, like, a, a hooker's ball that they all it. go it's to. It's like a jellicle ball, but it's the hooker's ball. <laughs> it literally is the jellicle ball, except just hooker version. I and, mean, like, a listen, lot of drama goes down. So much drama. Ball. I mean, like, so, also, Mary, um, the innocent, like, throw them under Mary, she um, gets involved with Lou, who is a Los Angeles producer of motion pictures, aka like pornos. Yeah, <laughs> and so she gets like hooked up, and he, and like she gets convinced that like she's gonna be making movies, gonna be a big movie star, but actually she's not, and um, she ends up like becoming involved with Fleetwood a little bit sexually and then queen discovers that at the ball and um the Lou, ball. the producer takes mary away <laughs> and queen is like i'm done with you fleetwood and attaches herself to memphis right and that's like one. the fact that it's called a ball just like makes me laugh i, I love it it's so dramatic <laughs> so then um act two opens act two gets like really crack heady by the end and like not in like like just in a way of like whoa this musical takes a turn sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. So the um, queen is like still with Memphis and like um, Memphis or Fleetwood is like upset about it. It's like this weird like jealousy triangle kind of thing. That right. just ends up being a, a bit sticky. And um, and then, like, like, Memphis loaned Queen a big dress for the ball, but then he, like, wraps her in and is like, actually, it was $6,000 that you have to repay me now that you work for me. And she's like, oh, oh, I thought it was a pretty dress. Yes, and then also, like, um, like, he literally warns Queen. He's like, if you, like, don't leave town because you'll be coming back real soon for a funeral. Fleetwoods, <laughs> followed shortly by your funeral. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that is like so crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. So then, like, Queen is like, oh, no, like, now Memphis is, like, threatening Fleetwood. So she's like, I have to tell Fleetwood because I still love him. <laughs> and um, it just... Uh, and then Fleetwood comes back to his hotel, and then he, like, finds the Thoroughly Modern Mary leaving New York to go to Los Angeles. Because she's like, I'm going to be famous. <laughs> It's so much drama. There's so much drama. And then, like, it's just, like, scene after scene. It's just, like, all the characters you've met interacting with each other in a new way. Like, these people have... It's, like, the writers were, like, these two people didn't have a scene yet? Let's make them involved with each other. Yeah, it's, like, put them together in this one. Yeah. And so then Memphis is just, like, really aggressively, like... Evil. (laughs) Evil. Yeah, he's literally evil. And so then, like... Queen, like, still loves Fleetwood, so she's, like, trying to help, but she just ends up as, like, trying to get out of this really, really toxic relationship she has with Memphis, um, mm-hmm. but then Fleetwood comes in as, like, like, I want to talk to you, like, we gotta get out, like, you and me, we can get out of it, and then Queen is, like, no, like, she just, I, she really does just need to separate herself totally from the situation, but, um, she's got to go. <laughs> she's got to go. And then um, Memphis, like, comes into the scene and Fleetwood, like, pulls out a gun, but Jojo knocks the gun loose and Memphis stabs Fleetwood and then Queen ends up shooting Memphis. So it's, like, big, like, West Side Story battle at the end, like. Yeah. And bang, then, bang. like, it honestly, like, kind of, it's. That's funny you say that, because I feel like in West Side Story, the point is, like, Maria is, like, so innocent, and then she ends up having to kill someone, and that's, like, you made me do this. But I kind of feel like, in a way, even though they're not innocent at all, like, I do feel like it is sad that Queen ends up having to do that, because it's, like, she never would have done that. Like, she never would have gotten to this point if, like, they didn't, like, push her to get to that point. No, definitely. You know what I mean? Like, it's like they're yeah. not the same thing because Maria's so innocent and Queen is, like, a prostitute. But right. in, the, in a way, it's in the same vein. Kind of interesting. Right. They it, they just get pushed to a breaking point because they get involved in all this drama that they should have never been involved with from the beginning. Right. And then yeah. Sonia, who's the one who's, like, helping Queen get away from Memphis, ends up taking the blame so that She's Queen, the queen. can... She, like, she is the queen of the show. It's yeah. Sonia to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's the one who, like, takes all the blame. And then it's like, Queen, get on this bus and go away. Like, you can get out of here. And then she does. And then they sing um, literally For Good from Wicked. And then they, and then she goes away. It's so true. They sing My Friend. But it, it's literally like, because I knew you, I have been changed for good. It's and then so she true. That's so accurate. What an interesting show. And then the curtain comes down. <laughs> and then that's it. It's a lot of drama. It is a lot of drama. It is. So the craziest thing is that the show is about prostitutes and it's written by Cy Coleman. And so is Sweet Charity. And like Sweet Charity is so like colorful and like, and like Sweet Charity is complex, but like in a very like not as like dark subject matter as this. So this is just like the like harsh, like cold grown up version of Sweet Charity to me. Yes. I just feel like this is very real. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just a very 
But when you listen to the music, I don't think you would realize how dark the plot of it is if you hadn't seen it yet, if you just listened to the cast album. Like, I yes, maybe if you I listen agree. to the lyrics, but, like, the music does not feel like the plot of this show. Like, if this was a play and there was no music, it would be, like, a very serious play. Yes, I agree. But the music And the music does... is, like, funky. Funky. And it yeah. hits you. Like, it's like, whoa. And it is very, like, groovy, fun music. Which I guess maybe is why then you can swallow this plot. Because right. then they hit you with these, like, power ballads. These women are belting. Yeah, Lilius White, who is just an icon. She has one of my favorite voices on Broadway. She is just literally incredible. And she and won a Tony Award for this. She did She played Sonia. And she sings um, uh, The Oldest Profession, mm-hmm. which is about just, like, how she's been a prostitute for forever and how it's just, like, her life. Um, which, all, that song also kind of feels like the title song for this show, too. Like, that and My Body, I feel like, are yeah. the two that, like, really feel like a core song to this show. I agree. But it's funky. Yeah. And then this uh, Chuck Cooper also won the best performance by a featured actor in a musical. Which, I mean, the show was nominated for a lot of Tony's. A lot. Yeah. It lost to um, Titanic for best musical. But you know what's crazy? So here's the thing. If you watch all the videos, and even if, if you read, like, the New York Times review and stuff, the choreography um is by joey mcneely and it's very bossy inspired and i think it's because it's kind of like a nod to sweet charity a little bit mm-hmm. because it's like home and it's about prostitutes so i felt like that kind of lends itself to that kind of fossiness mm-hmm. in that music but it was the same year that chicago was nominated and won the revival and and ranking one best choreography so i'm like you watch the videos and it's very bossy inspired right. choreography and i'm like must be have been weird to like be that choreographer and like choreograph a show inspired by fossey while and ranking is literally doing the same thing to chicago in like a way more epic way you know what i mean like that yes. must have like really washed this show under like if this debuted in a different year might have like done a little better but i feel like because chicago was happening at the same time in the same award season even though it's in different categories, I still feel like that kind of, like, took a lot of light away from this. Yeah. That's always sad. I feel like that's kind of been the case for a few of these shows that we've done, is that just a really epic show was also the same year. And then I'm like, yeah. come on, this one just got really swept under the rug. When I think it actually, if it wasn't a different year, it could have had more potential. That's, like, the thing about award shows, is that, like, like Waitress, like, like literally lost out on everything but it's like such a good show but like of course hamilton was gonna win right you know? it like, was yeah doomed from the start yeah but i mean the show didn't do bad it opened no, in definitely. 1997 and it ran for 466 performances which that's like Pretty good. not bad yeah i mean we've done a few where it's like it ran for 16 performances <laughs> <laughs> so 466 is not an embarrassing number at all yeah 
And they got Liza Minnelli to come up on stage and sing with them after one show. Check I out the YouTube. Highly suggest. Yeah, highly suggest looking up Liza Minnelli singing Use What You Got, which is kind of like the opening number. Like, check it out. It's like the opening sequence, but like the first real number is Use What You Got. Mm-hmm. And she sings that with um, the guy who plays him, Sam Harris. Sam Harris, yeah. Yeah. Who was and also nominated good. for Tony. It's good. It's it's good. It's fun. And watch the Tony performance because oh my gosh, it's just like straight belting, and then they hit you with this dance sequence that it's is a just, good dance break. And it is like this musical, that song especially. I think like could be so powerful even nowadays. It's very like my body is yeah, my some, business. Like yeah, if somebody you don't should like, like it, reuse it for some kind of anthem for something. You know what I mean? I like, agree. It's potential for like another life out there another yeah. life uh, the life the but... life <laughs> yeah no i think that it, literally the lyrics are very like if you don't like it that's the way i am my, it's my body is my business and my business right. you know i'm like whoa it's very prolific for like 1997 you know i feel like people still don't really get that memo so i'm like whoa yeah literally but the thing about that is that it like I keep going back to being like, oh, the music's so funky and fun, but it might not have done as well as it could have in the 70s or the 80s because it's in the 90s. It's like right on the brink of like contemporary musical theater. And this show just, even though it's a lot of belting, it doesn't feel like contemporary musical theater at all. Yeah. It feels very dated for the time, which I still love. I mean, like this is the kind of music I like, but I could see why it might not have done as well as it could have in 1997. Right. Because of the music style. Yeah. That makes sense. So what would you say then was your favorite song? Probably Use What You Got. I love that song. Okay. I just think the orchestration in it is so good too. Yeah. I just love that song. I also like my body. Yeah. And I like um, The Oldest Profession. I really like the end of it when she's just like, She's just like ribbing over and over again. Yes. I love that. And then Go Home made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Because she really does drive the point home. She really says Go Home. What's your favorite? My favorite song was Easy Money. Mm, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Super cute. So cute. Like, totally a song that, like, so many people could sing. And I've yeah. never once heard in my life. <laughs> It'd be great for, like, a Chicago audition or, like, yeah. wall party. Anything that's, like, twin easy. It's very, like... Yeah, it's very cute. Also, I like that too. I like that it's set in the 80s, but the music feels very 20s, 30s. Yes. Like, yeah, I like that. And, and it's think, like 20s mixed with 70s. And like, it's weird because like when you when you watch the Tony performance on YouTube, you'll see like they're wearing like jean shorts and like yeah. tank Sparkly tops. tops. Like, yeah, it's like, not like <laughs> they're not dressed in any sort of period stuff. So I kind of like that the music does sort of carry a period feel because a the wide show, range yeah the yeah, show yeah. itself just kind of like lives on the streets of new york which i think is kind of cool it's like they're Definitely. all like in like i don't know specific outfits it, it just it looks very real which I, it's like yeah. a slice of life the life yeah it looks very contemporary like that performance like their outfits and stuff does look like a contemporary musical yes. i just think there's like so many things floating around with it design wise and like Yes. Book-wise. Like yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. So what would you rate the life? I think I would give it, like, 
a six out of ten? A okay. seven out of ten? Yeah. Maybe seven out of ten. Okay. What about you? I think I would give it like a six and a half. Yeah, six and a half. That's a good one. Yeah. I think because I do think the music is really, really good. And I think... Yeah, I just think you should listen to the album. I really do think the music is so fun and so cool. And it's different from a lot of things that I've heard before. And the yeah. people on the album can straight up sing. Like, they really can sing. It's a very well put together album. But and I liked how unique it was. Yeah. yeah. I do too. And I... I mean, I think the plot is like... Very, very dramatic and sad. So... I would be interested to see how I felt after seeing it. Cause I don't know that you'd leave feeling like that great about things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I think you'd leave and be like, wow, one girl got out and people are dead. Uh. You know what yeah. I mean? It's so, like, it's yeah. definitely not a feel good musical. It doesn't but, tie up at the end. Yeah. No, it doesn't tie up. But then again, life doesn't tie up. So That's maybe it is, it is the life. It is the life. So maybe it is just supposed to be a harsh reality, which I think could be true. Yeah. But I'd say well, overall, like, was a fan. Will listen to the songs again. I would definitely recommend listening to, like, this musical. I think you could use to audition for so many things. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I, I'm not like a casting director, so I guess I don't sit in, like, that many auditions, but I've never heard anyone sing anything from this, so. Yeah. If some we gems, don't some know it, gems. if we don't know it, then you maybe probably possibly don't know it. So <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend learning it because it's it's good. Yeah, go listen to it. Go listen to it on uh, either YouTube or Apple Music because it's not on Spotify, unfortunately. <laughs> so I will not be adding this to the playlist, but check it out anyway. <laughs> And check us out on Instagram at WTF underscore B-Way. That is at WTF underscore B-W-A-Y. We post updates every Monday and Wednesday, and we are looking forward to getting some more content out there and um, exploring some more shows as we continue in this uh, 2021 era of WTF B-Way. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.